Good afternoon, and welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insight Series. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today, we have with us Carrie Langstaff, who is Chief Marketing Officer of Exignite. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. Welcome. Or thanks for inviting me. You bet. So we were catching up a few minutes before the interview started. And um, so it's been a while. Tell us what you're doing at Exignite, uh, a little bit about the company, and what some of your major challenges are. Sure. So I've actually been at Exignite for a little over four years as chief marketing officer. And Exignite is a SaaS provider of financial market data. So by financial market data, think stock quotes or historical prices of Apple stock for the last 20 years. And uh, who we sell to are developers of financial applications or web portals. Uh, think mint.com or Betterment or personal, somewhere would you, where you would go on and manage your portfolios. Okay. And so um, since you've been there for four years, talk to us a little bit about what you've been doing from a marketing standpoint. What was it like when you got there? Um, where is that today? Talk to us a little bit about the transformation. Sure. So Exignite is a startup. Uh, four years ago, we had 30 people. Today, we have 47. Uh, when I started, I was the only marketing person. So typical startup came in and created the marketing organization from scratch. For the first two years, it was just me. Um, and really, you know, marketing at Exignite was all about demand gen. We are 100% inbound. So our sales team does no outbound prospecting. So it was a little different model than I had been used to where, uh, you know, instead of doing a 30% contribution or a 40% contribution, it was 100% from marketing. Wow. So I think probably any salesperson watching this interview would <laughs> want to know, hey, how, Carrie, come into my company and do that for me. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So the way that I have set this up is um, we set up a seven-day free trial of our product. Uh, when I came on board, they actually did have a trial, but they let it go for a month and you could try as many products as you wanted. And, you know, obviously that didn't drive, you know, demand or shorten the, you know, the buyer cycle at all. So I limited that to seven days, you know, one product for a short amount of API calls. Um, and that has really increased traffic. Um, in the beginning, that was all that we did was follow up on those trials. But now we have so many of those that my sales team actually does not even follow up on the trials. Those go into a nurture program uh, with lead scoring. And once they, you know, demonstrate enough uh, behavioral criteria and demographic criteria, then they bounce back up into the sales queue. Uh, the other thing I put in place, though, was really re-optimizing our paid advertising and our SEO and put, you know, on the website a contact sales form. And today we're 100% inbound, only answering those requests from people to have sales call them. So given that you started off... Um, just as a, a one-woman band, so to speak, and you're, and you're still in startup <laughs> mode. How do you go about figuring out what technology to purchase to help you scale? What does your stack look like? Sure. So when I started at Exignite, they actually had Marketo installed and Salesforce as the CRM. 
Um, in previous companies, I've worked with Elica, I've worked with Silverpop, I've worked with Microsoft Dynamics, but I'd actually never worked with Marketo before. Um, and I think like most B2B tech companies, they were probably using about 1% of the functionality of Marketo um, and really didn't have a lot of interaction with Salesforce. So one of the first things I did was make sure that sales and marketing were aligned on the definitions of what a qualified lead was, you know, the opportunity stages, um, and, you know, just that, that lead routing process. Um, so, you know, did a lot of work for that and then basically started setting up, you know, triggered email programs and nurture campaigns. So for the trials, you know, uh, created a, a, a three-month programs, you know, for people who used the trial, who didn't use the trial, to nudge them to use the trial um, and personalize those from the sales rep. That's okay. an example. Um, and then today, have you expanded your technology beyond Marketo and Salesforce? Today, we have a lot of uh, plugins to both applications. So, for instance, uh, we use Hootsuite for uh, to manage our social marketing. Um, we use Demand Tool, Serum Fusion, uh, you know, for updating and uploading things into Salesforce. Um, probably our biggest uh, sales enablement tool is LinkedIn Sales Navigator which I have built right into Salesforce. Uh, I also have built Inside View into Salesforce. It's probably a, a little different role than at a startup that I actually, under the realm of marketing, also manage sales operations. So, you know, my team is the administrator for Salesforce as well as the administrator for any sales or marketing system and process. So that gives you a different perspective, certainly. Um, it's a little nice to be able just to go into Salesforce and, and change things, you know, for a marketing process or stages and not have to go through, you know, a separate sales ops team or, or something like that. So it definitely gives you a lot of flexibility to set things up, you know, the, the way you would like to measure. So you talked a little bit about, I guess in the beginning, it was really just turning the engine on and getting leads to come in through inbound. And now it sounds like you've had some lead management principles in place with scoring and nurturing. What other processes have you been working on now over the last six months as your team starts to scale up? Yeah, so the big thing we're doing right now is we're actually formalizing everything into standard MQL, SAL, SQL stages. So while we were operating, you know, in that way, we didn't have thing, the stages actually named that or a formal handoff. Um, previously, all of our leads, you know, 100% went inbound directly to sales. Now, uh, we've added in a sales development rep to do lead qualification, and that person actually reports into marketing. So now, with that new stage, we're able to, you know, have a clear handoff from leads to MQLs to an SAL to an SQL to a win. Um, and we basically were able to then set up a demand waterfall based on our business revenue goals for this year and determine exactly how many leads, opportunities, MQLs, et cetera, we need by quarter and measure against plan. And that's something now that we report monthly to the board. Okay, so are you being formally held accountable for revenue and leads? Um, since day one, I've been uh, held accountable for revenue and leads. So, um, you know, at, at other companies, 
I might have been held accountable for, like I said, a 30% contribution or a 40% marketing contribution to revenue. Um, at Exignite, you know, our our contribution has been 100%. So bonuses are based on meeting our revenue goals. And revenue goals include both new customers as well as upsells and upgrades um, and a retention level because we are a SaaS model. Got it. So let's talk about that a little bit because we, we've been talking about um, top of the funnel acquisition. So yep. from, I guess, retention, loyalty, advocacy, cross-sell, upsell, what are some of the other things that you're doing for lifecycle customer yeah. engagement? So one of the things that I did for uh, customer retention was really put in an onboard um, onboarding email nurture campaign so that it goes over the span of nine months. So as we bring new customers on, they're actually continuing to get educational type emails from us. Um, and from a marketing standpoint, at about month six, one of those emails actually comes from me saying with the subject line, hey, we want to make you famous. Um, and, you know, with the idea that that customer has now probably integrated our data, implemented, you know, their solution, and now's the time to hit, hit them up for a case study. So from a marketing standpoint, that has actually worked really well. Um, we've also created a preference center so that our customers can add, you know, n new folks. They're constantly getting new developers and things on the team so that they can keep their own information updated. Um, as well as we now do a monthly newsletter and we do a version of that specifically for customers where we talk about product updates and that kind of thing, as well as we do a separate version for prospects. Oh, that's great. So. Now, are you seeing um, different levels of performance? Are you getting the same level of uh, production, I guess, out of your lifecycle programs as you are at the top of the funnel? Um, we actually have really what I feel are, are really good um, conversion rates um, across the funnel from, from top to win. Um, we'll see now that we're putting a sales development rep you know, into place in the formal stages. We'll see if that you know, um, shifts a little, or maybe we were, you know, uh, looking at things, you know, a little differently, but um, pretty comfortable with where we're at right now. Uh, we've just grown our sales team. We just brought in three new reps within the last two months um, that have come from large financial, you know, organizations that have never worked with an inbound model. And they are just amazed at, you know, that every day these leads are showing up in their queue and that they're great, you know, great prospects for them. Um, we just had, you know, one of our new reps uh, within her first month um, from a trial lead closed a very, very large deal in one month's time. And that's wow. never happened <laughs> before. So, um, you know, it's really great to work with talented salespeople that appreciate, you know, the, the work that marketing's doing. And so at Exignite, marketing and sales work really, really closely together. So you started off as one. Now that you're, uh, the team's grown. How many people report to you today? We have a whopping three in our team now. <laughs> you have you have grown by triple, right? <laughs> yes. So um, I have someone on my team now that does manage the Marketo and Salesforce operations. Um, I also have an offshore agency that does some of our technical Salesforce work. Um, and then I have a new team member right out of college that is managing all of our events. So year one, we did two events. 
Um, and year two, we did 52 events. Wow. And last wow. year, we did 64 events. Yeah, um, and that's is, globally. Are there, oh, like in-person events, like in the field or, or virtual? Um, in person, um, for us, an event can range from a meetup where we might sponsor, you know, pizza and beer, um, okay. and it's you know, seventy-five developers getting together. But you know, either I will be speaking there or CEO, um, or it could range to you know a large, typical you know, two-day conference where we have a ten by ten booth. So um, a, a lot, lot, but that's a lot. That takes a lot of effort. Yeah. So kudos to you. So, uh, what keeps you awake at night? What keeps me awake at night, I think, is what probably keeps any B two B, you know, marketer awake is is those, you know, uh, conversion rates. So, how many leads are coming in? How many am I converting to MQLs? How quickly is the sales team, you know, following up on those? You know, what's their conversion rate to opportunities, and how many are we able to close? And you know, are we meeting? Our quarterly revenue goals. So, um, we're extremely data-driven company. Um, every single day, a report goes out to the entire sales team of the leads created the day before. It shows the status of those leads, so you can see who's followed up and who hasn't. Um, every morning, I get a marketing dashboard report that shows me exactly where we're at by various lead sources. Um, with qualification rates and you know quantity and that kind of thing, and my CEO is looking at the same reports every single day. Wow, very impressive. So, uh, any major trends that you think are going to impact uh, marketing in general over the next couple of years, or you specifically? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the the buzzword right now is account based marketing. Um, I, I, you know, you can't. You can't go any to any event in marketing right now without hearing about you know uh, ABM and um, it's not something that we have actually implemented yet um, because we've been such an inbound model. But now that we're growing our sales team uh, so quickly, we are looking at you know perhaps seeing how we can segment out the sales team uh, by vertical industry or named accounts. So. Um, as we talk about that, account-based marketing will become more important. Um, the big thing that I'm working on right now would be web personalization. So in the last four years, we've really targeted um, smaller financial technology or what we call fintech companies and really targeted kind of the developer IT. We're now kind of moving upstream and looking at larger banks and larger financial institutions where we'd be talking to more of a C-level audience. So it's really important now that we provide the right content as uh, those people come into our website. Um, and as you can imagine, you know, the content you would provide to a web developer versus a CTO of JP Morgan is going to be a little different. So um, I would say personalization by segment is, is my key focus right now. Fantastic. Great insights as always, Carrie. Thank you so much for being on the show this afternoon. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to talk about, uh, you know, what you do when, with, with other people that actually understand your lingo, so. We get it. <laughs> I think the audience will, too. So thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Jeff.